Hub Arkish. Hub Arkush. Hub Arkish is an idiot, blah, blah, blah. Made a huge living talking football. He's constantly wrong. Anyone can do postgame. Well, thanks. You know, Hub, I think you hit a great point. Hello. Hub Arkish, 670 to score, senior football expert. Well, good evening, Chicago, and thank you so much for joining me, for allowing me to spend the next four hours here with you at Chicago's number one all-sports radio station, 670 The Score. I am thrilled to have the opportunity. We've got an evening where I guess I fit, as a lot of the news in town is about the Chicago Bears, their new starting quarterback, Justin Fields, and... Tomorrow, the Chicago White Sox, first, well, not the first time since 2008. Of course, they played the A's last year as, uh, uh, you know, uh, a a warm-up, an hors d'oeuvre, if you will. Uh, But this year, one of the best teams in the American League from the jump, the first time they win the division since 2008. And tomorrow, they will... Uh, I started to say kick it off, but it feels funny right now talking about Bears and Sox. They will uh, throw the first pitch. They're not going to tee it up. They don't know what they're going to do. But we're going to talk about the White Sox and the Houston Astros. Of course, we have my buddy Scott Merkin from MLB.com, who's been on the Sox beat for a number of years uh, um, to get us into it. We've got a ton of Bears and NFL talk at 640. Kevin Fishbane of The Athletic will stop by at 7 o'clock. Patrick Finley from the Chicago Sun-Times. And at 8.40, one of my very favorite guests, Eric Edholm, will talk some bears as well as the entire NFL. And and I want to tee this up in, in kind of an interesting way because, you know, normally you've got the White Sox uh, apparently on the other end of their rebuild, clearly ready to contend, contend, I should say, for a World Series. First game tomorrow, as we've said, um, really exciting times for Sox fans. And, and yet we've got this Bears news that, that just seems to be enveloping everything. And and the reason I wanted to have Scott on is, you know, listen, I, I've never hidden from it. I, I'm a dyed-in-the-wool, lifelong season ticket holder of the Chicago Cubs. Um, I don't dislike the White Sox. I'm, I'm hoping they win. Um, I have many friends who are Sox fans. But it's not something that I follow all that closely, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be an expert on it. That's why I wanted to get Scott for you. Um, and yet at the same time, I've already been getting tweeted at and texted at, you're going to talk bears, you're going to talk bears, aren't you? And so I, I don't usually do this. I know a lot of the other guys do it with their shows, but I want to throw out a question um, that, that can be kind of a recurring theme through the evening, just because I'm curious to take the temperature uh, of the city. And I don't think the fact that this is, uh, that we are the home of the Chicago Cubs here at 6 of the score Um, will bias this in any way. There was a time when we had the Sox as well. Um, uh, But the question is, we hear so often it's it's a Cubs and a Bears town. Um, I think there is some merit to that in terms of popularity. I think, you know, marketing studies and public opinion polls have proven it. But right now, I want to ask the question to all Chicago sports fans, What's the bigger story right now? What are you more interested in? The White Sox and the Astros, uh, you know, starting their their divisional series tomorrow? Or the fact that Justin Fields has been named the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears? Which story do you think um, is bigger and and merits more time and more discussion? You can text me your answers. You can give us a call and we can talk about it. Obviously, I'm hoping to get lots of calls tonight, guys, because I tell you all the time, it is my very favorite thing about being on this radio station is getting to visit with you all, the best sports fans in the world. Want to hear what's on your mind, pros, cons, pluses, minuses, positives, negatives, doesn't really matter. That's what makes sports so much fun. That's what makes the water cooler the place to be. 
whatever you have in mind, uh, the number tonight, 312-644-6767. Again, we're going to talk a ton of Chicago Bears and NFL. Uh, We are also going to be talking White Sox baseball. We, uh, you know, the Cubs had their season ender today. I know that Jed Hoyer laid some things out for everybody. We can certainly uh, get into where the Chicago Cubs are at as well, if that's what's on your mind, and that would be your choice as to what you'd like to discuss. Um, so give me a call, 312-644-6767. Again, you can text me at that number as well. Would love to have you join me uh, in the Tech Zone, brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. I am broadcasting for you live from the SCORE Hyundai Studios right now. Uh, we're presented by your local Hyundai dealers and uh, really anxious to hear what's on your minds and find out what you think about the move to Justin Fields, what you think it portends uh, for the future, what you think could or could not be coming next, what should be coming next. What do you think about the White Sox chances versus Houston? Are they ready? Is now the time? Um, are they going to be the Chicago 16 Cubs all over again? Or is this more a version of the 15 Cubs, a, a team that is going to play well, maybe get through a series or two, but still be a little bit ways away? Um, I think it's one of the two. I, I don't think there's a third choice. I think it's a binary choice between those two things. Um, and anxious to hear what is on all of your minds as fans. I do want to at least tee up for now, though, what is uh, allegedly my area of expertise, which is the announcement today that Justin Fields is now the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. And, and guys, you know, there's been a lot of conversation, a lot of debate about it here on the station. We have several show hosts who've been extremely adamant that there was only one answer and that it needed to be Justin Fields. It needed to be Justin Fields now. Uh, there are other people in the conversation. I don't know anybody who doesn't think that it needed to be Justin Fields at some point this season. Um, I've always believed it was likely to be closer to midseason after a little more water went under the bridge. Um, But I think everybody uh, agrees that it was time. And and what I'm most curious about, uh, not that it was time, but that it was going to happen this year, and everybody has had their own opinion as to when the right time may be. But what I'm most curious about and what I want to hear, you know, what you guys are thinking, because this is now going to be the conversation going forward around the Chicago Bears, is all the new questions that this raised today. Um, And and the biggest one, and I just got a chance to talk to Danny and Matt about it a little bit before we came on, uh, if you were with us before the top of the hour, is why today? What happened that made today the time to make this decision, to announce it publicly, particularly when 48 hours earlier, Matt Nagy had told us that absolutely nothing had changed, that, that Andy Dalton was definitely going to be the starter versus the Raiders if he was healthy. And he had already, you know, watched plenty of the film of the game on Sunday against Detroit. Uh, You know, I'm sure he went back and studied it more and they charted it more. But I don't know that they learned anything new um, between Monday and today. When asked repeatedly, you know, can you explain it to us? Why now? What's happening? Um, As Matt is wont to do, he gave some very long, you know, detailed answers. But none of the details had much to do with the question. And all it really came back to was he talked about all these wonderful conversations that they have up there. And apparently they've been in conversation since he met with the media on Monday and decided to do a 180. Um, What do you think this says about the future of Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace with the Chicago Bears? Do you think he came to this decision of his own accord? Or is it possible that management made this decision for him and said, this is our football team and this is the way it's going to be? 
Um, how do you think it's going to play in the locker room? Uh, what do you think the veterans are going to think about the way that Andy Dalton comes out in all this? Um, I don't know that any of it is going to matter when they kick the ball off on Sunday because there's no question all 53 guys are going to go out and do everything they can to try and win a football game in Las Vegas. And I'm sure they'll do the same thing um, in the remaining, uh, what, 12 weeks of the season after this Sunday. Uh, they are still very much in contention for whatever you know they want to contend for. Uh, I don't know that they're any better or better suited to contend as a light of what's happened here. Um, but... I'd like to believe that Matt Nagy thinks they are, or else why would you do it? Um, and, and so just a thousand questions. I know that's only five or six, but, uh, you know, hundreds, if not a thousand questions that we can come up with about all this. It's, it's all fascinating. It certainly lends itself to a ton uh, of conversation. Um, you know, one of the things that puzzles me the most about it is what was the necessity of doing it today? As opposed to possibly waiting till Friday, and, and and there's two reasons that I, or there's two you know factors that make me ask that question. Matt Nagy has been a master of manipulating announcements and timing on his injury list to try and let the opposition know as little as possible about where they're at, uh, health-wise, personnel-wise, who's going to be playing. He had just told the Raiders on Monday that if healthy, it was Andy Dalton. They knew if it wasn't, it was going to be Justin Fields. They had an obligation in their planning and their practice this week to prepare for both. Had Matt Nagy decided and even told his team, but said, let's keep it on the down low, that it was going to be Justin, but simply gone ahead with what they've been doing the last couple of weeks and said, you know, we're, we're going to see how healthy they are. We'll decide on Friday or we'll decide game time, at least by holding the announcement until then, um, you did not give the Raiders an entire week to prepare for just Justin Fields, which is the Cleveland Browns did have, and you saw how that worked out. The Detroit Lions did not have it. You saw how that worked out. I don't know how big an issue this is in the grand scheme of things, but it's just one of many questions that is reasonable to ask, and he could have done it well within the rules, you know? And, and so I don't think he did the kid any favors in that one regard by, by making the announcement today. Um, you, you know, and, and we'll see how that plays out. The other thing that is curious to me about the timing of this announcement is that one of the things, that, the, the bigger contribution to the offense um, on Sunday came from the running game and David Montgomery, not, you know, not Justin Fields. Fields made a couple gorgeous plays. Um, and he didn't play badly on the day. They won the football game. Uh, you do have to consider that it was against one of the worst teams in the league and it, it wasn't overly impressive. Um, but coming out of it, you know you don't have David Montgomery right now, and you may not have Damian Williams. We don't know what the status is of his quad injury. So, you know, clearly a reliance on that run game has been a big part of being able to bring fields along and, and, and trying to decide when the time was right. And so having established that the run game is a pretty significant factor, they wait until the running game may be gone and decide now is the time that we want to put fields out there. Or is it possible that that's one of the reasons they make the decision? Maybe they see it as a positive. Maybe they're saying, now we know we're not going to be able to run the ball as well, so we need to go with the hope that Fields will make a couple of those, you know, Superman plays that, that he made on Sunday, and that, that, that those will mean more towards winning a game than whatever mistakes he makes could mean towards losing a game. So, um, you know, you, you've raised some real questions there. The, the timing of this is extremely curious to me. I think that even if you thought he was ready, um, you certainly knew that your offense has been at its most productive 
in the short stint that you saw with Andy Dalton. And even if it meant waiting one more week and giving Dalton another start, I don't think they were afraid that Andy Dalton was going to go out and play so well in Las Vegas that it would make it hard to give the job to Justin Fields. But it seems like it might have helped to protect the young man at least a little bit more and to find out where that ground game is going to be without David Montgomery and possibly without Damian Williams. So, um, you know, just all kinds of curiosities. I could sit here and riff for you for the next hour on the questions that I think this raises. Um, but I'm going to come back to, to, to where I started, where I started with Danny and Matt about half an hour ago. Um, it, it just doesn't feel from everything we've seen in the last, well, now, what, 56 hours, it just doesn't feel to me like this is strictly Matt Nagy's decision. And that would be really surprising to me based on the way this organization has been run for as long as I can remember. Um, uh, and I think it's something that we're going to probably not care about if the kid starts to play well, you know, really fast, really quickly. Um, but if he struggles at all, it's something that's going to get kicked around and beat up, and, and, and it's going to make it that much more difficult for, for him to keep his job. I think that's the other really interesting question, is is what does this mean towards Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace keeping their jobs? Are they doing this with some assurance that they're going to be evaluated strictly on the play of Justin Fields and not wins or losses? Because what if this happens? What if Justin Fields is ready? He goes out, plays really well, becomes the offensive rookie of the year, shows us all the things that we know he can do, but that he's ready to do them already, and that he has advanced at a much more rapid pace than almost anybody else ever has in terms of field generalship and, and, and reading defenses and, 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 and you know getting into the right play and finding the right receiver. What if all that happens, but because of other issues with the football team, or while he's doing that, he still makes the occasional critical mistake, and they end up only winning five, six games? Are you going to bring Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace back? This this gets back to that that highly classified top secret code red issue of we don't know when their contracts expire, whether it's at the end of this year or at the end of next year. But but what does this decision now mean to the evaluation of your GM and your head coach and, and whether you're looking at, at more change at the end of the year? Because the one thing that I have feared from the beginning is that you just throw away a year, you use it as a development period from your quarterback, and then you get into next offseason with all the expiring contracts and all the 30-somethings and more guys pushing 30, and now you got to start rebuilding everything around them. And who's going to do that? And, and so, you know, this is really exciting in terms of I think there's a chance that the Bears finally have their franchise quarterback. Um, but what are you going to put around him? What are you going to be able to do to contend for Super Bowls, to get to the playoffs, to win playoff games? It's all on the table now. It's all going to play out in front of us the next uh, 13 weeks, and I think it's going to be a blast. We have our first opportunity to kick it around and try and find some answers tonight. Again, the phone number, 312-644-6767. Anxious to pick up your calls in just a moment after this very quick break right here at 670 The Score. I told you the last couple of weeks we've had some some good conversations internally. Um, it's it's helped us in the last couple of weeks. Continuing that process this week, it's uh, it's it's led to making the decision to move with Justin as a starter. Um, you know we've been patient with this. Uh, we've grown with him. We're proud of Justin. Uh, he's been a great teammate from the very beginning.
Chicago Bears head coach Matt Nagy talking earlier this morning, explaining or offering insights. Well, he didn't really do either, but 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 talking about uh, why the decision has been made to go from uh, Andy Dalton to, to Justin Fields. Guys, I, I, I've said it on the air. I'm not shy, but I like Matt. I, I think he's a good guy. Uh, I don't think he's a horrible football coach. I, I, I think that he's still a young coach. I, I think he's trying to find his footing as a head coach. Um, I, I think he's created some difficult situations for himself. Um, and I think this is kind of another example of it. It's not about right or wrong or good or bad coach. Um, it's just about we, we tend to be all over the place. And this was a pretty radical 180 that he made this morning. I'm going to tell you real quickly, the phone lines are jammed, guys. I didn't even know we had nine lines, but they're all full. Uh, I'm going to get you in and out as soon as we can. Please be a little bit patient. I'm going to do nothing but your calls except for when we have guests. We're going to do this for the next three and a half hours. Uh, I did pose a question at the top of the show, and and I, I, I've never seen this many texts in the Hyundai sex zone before. Uh, everybody lining up with an opinion. And I, I guess I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm a little surprised. Uh, the consensus is the Bears are the biggest story. Um, uh, but it's close. I mean, there are a lot of White Sox fans coming out. What's interesting is that I'd say at least 15, 20% of the answers are just don't mention the Cubs. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of Cubs frustration and hate out there right now. Uh, I hope it's not hate, but that's kind of, you know, some of the choices people make on, on, on the tech zone and on Twitter. Um, and so early on, and we'll keep talking about it all night long. A couple of our callers want to talk about it. Uh, but I can tell you the consensus is at the moment, uh, is, is that that the Bears are still the bigger story. Uh, although, trust me, there is a ton of White Sox support here as well. Uh, we're going to go south first in the southwest suburbs and welcome Bruno into the show. And I appreciate you dialing us up on line one there. Bruno, how you doing? Doing great, Hub. Glad you have the show. It's a great show. Uh, let me start off by saying uh, I hope the White Sox uh, win the World Series. God bless them. Uh, I, I think they're they're mentally tough, and, and just like Michael Jordan used to say when he used to win these championships when he was in Chicago, hey, it's game time, boys. Let's go. It, it's a whole different uh, stratosphere. Uh, to get back to Fields' decision, um, I think it was awesome decision by Nagy uh, starting Fields. Let me let's reminisce. Let's go back in time, Hub. Remember when uh, Bledsoe, uh, the great number one pick quarterback, did the New England Patriots gets hurt, and guess who gets in? Some skinny little kid who couldn't run a forty-yard dash. He was so weak. A guy named Tom Brady, and uh, Bledsoe comes back from injury, and everyone says, "Well, Belichick, what are you going to do? Are you going to start a six-round draft pick out of Michigan, Tom Brady? Are you going to go with the Bledsoe? He's the number one pick for crying out loud." Well, Belichick did the right thing. He went with Tom Brady, and the history. You know, it says it all. So that's my comment. Well, thank you, and I appreciate the call. Um, uh, I, I, this is a quarterback switch. Uh, that's about where any similarities between this and Tom Brady and Drew Bledsoe end, unfortunately. I mean, they're, they're just not similar situations. Uh, you know, Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick, the 199th player chosen in his second year with the team, by the way, not a rookie. Um, and, and Bledsoe had been struggling a little bit before the injury, um, uh, and Bledsoe was, was injured over a prolonged period of time. I, I think Brady uh, started at least seven, eight games before they were faced, forced to make a decision. 
division. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a noteworthy quarterback change, and we certainly hope that this has the same outcome. Uh, but there's really no similarities between this situation and that one. However, I do uh, echo your sentiment. Go White Sox. Certainly hope for all our Sox fan friends that they do well and win the World Series. First, let's win a divisional series. They got Houston tomorrow. We'll be talking about that a little bit later. Also, I just got to tell you guys, my, my favorite text of the night so far is neither White Sox, Bears, or Cubs. Um, it's it's a texter saying, um, Hub, are you going to talk about the Bulls just a little bit tonight, slightly? <laughs> I, I would love to. Um, no, I'm not, to be honest with you, just because I, I'm, I'm intrigued by this team. I was fascinated watching a little bit of that last night. I mean, uh, they're going to be fun. I, I believe that. They've definitely got some athletes, but but uh, right now, just, just not enough to, to you know push the front page news out, which is Justin Fields and the Chicago White Sox. Let's go to line two and see what Reese has on his mind out in Belvedere. Reese, how you doing? I'm good, Hub. How are you tonight? I'm good, thank you. Uh, that's good. That's good. So yeah, I, it, it's got to be the Justin Fields story. I, I feel with the White Sox, it is exciting, but it, it it was almost inevitable that this day would come. With Justin Fields, it was this build up to Dalton's our starter, Dalton's our guy, Dalton's our guy, and then here we are on just a random Wednesday. We're walking into it, and now the story is Fields our guy for the foreseeable future. I it's just it. It's so blindsiding. I think that's what's exciting about it. It's what a lot of Bears fans want, and we're getting it, and that's what just makes it so intriguing. Well, Reese, I, I agree with you is relative to the suddenness of it and its impact today. Um, but I, I guess I would debate just a little bit. I, you know, I mean, the White Sox are, are playing for, for a pennant, for, for a World Series. Uh, and you're right. I mean, this wasn't almost inevitable. It was inevitable. They had this division wrapped up basically at the end of July. You know, not mathematically, sure. but, but you knew. I mean, we, we've had months to get ready for this. But nonetheless, I mean, it's happening tomorrow. And this is, you know, playoff baseball versus now that Fields is the quarterback can the Bears even contend for the playoffs? Is it more likely they're going to be contending for a top five draft pick? We just don't know. Um, so I, I, I echo your, your your sentiment, though, about the suddenness of it, the immediate impact, why everybody's talking about it. And, and it actually leaves me feeling a little bit sorry for the White Sox because it's almost like no matter what happens, they have to play the little brother in this town. Um, and it would have been nice if everybody in Chicago was focused on them tonight and tomorrow. Obviously, that's not going to be the case. What's really going to be interesting is, is, correct me if I'm wrong, but that series comes home to the rate on Sunday, and I'm sure there'll be 40,000 devoted Sox fans you know, at the game, but I think every other sports fan in town is going to be watching Justin Fields and the Bears take on the Las Vegas Raiders. So um, that's where the 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 uh, the intricacies the the interesting you know just tidbits about Chicago sports come into play uh, and and this is again you know it brings us back to something that we've been debating and talking about for decades is it really a, a Bears and a Cubs town it's certainly a Bears town it's no question about that um, uh, and that's why everybody's so pumped uh, right now Reese thank you for the phone call George is in Waukegan and I got a hunch George may not necessarily uh, be dialing me up on the scores uh, listener line powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. George, are you calling to, to, to talk about Justin Fields or are you here to defend your White Sox? 
I'm here to defend the White Sox, huh? Because you know, how can we not talk about the White Sox? You know, it's it's you said it yourself. It's playoff baseball, first time in franchise history, back to back appearances. Um, they're an excited team. They're going against uh, an elite team, cheaters a little bit, you know, but it's still a pretty solid team. Um, you know, it's going to be a good series. That uh, you know, to be the best, you got to beat the best. Um, Fields, it's a good story. There, there. We got like what 15 more weeks left to go in the season, so we can talk about Fields and the Bears, you know, as time goes. But for now, it's got to be the Sox, man. You know, I'm excited. Let's go Sox. Um, and that's it. Thanks for your time. Have a good evening. Well, George, thank you for the phone call. You know, the Strohs, they're not cheaters a little. They're cheaters a lot. Um, uh, and it makes them impossible to cheer for. But I guess in fairness, most of the main cheaters are gone. That's not this group. Uh, and, and we have no reason to believe they cheated this year to get here. Um, and, and one of the interesting things that we're going to get into with Scott in the 8 o'clock hour, Scott Martin, MLB.com, is that you know, the White Sox, they have struggled against elite competition this year. They, they, they've gotten fat, you know, in their own division, which was, you know, if it was the worst in baseball, one of the worst in baseball, probably the worst in baseball. Um, it doesn't belittle the White Sox in any way in what they've accomplished. I, I'm sure the Astros are not at all thrilled about having them come to town. I, I think with, with the first three in that, with yeah, with the first in that rotation, I'm sure the Astros are plenty worried. But we're going to get into it more as the evening goes on. Right now, we're going to take a very quick commercial break. If you're on the line, stay with me. I'm going to get to you. But first, we've got Kevin Fishbang coming up from the Athletic in just a moment right here at 674. Welcome back, everybody. Great to have you with us this evening. This is Barkish. I'm going to be your host until 10 o'clock tonight as we talk sports here at 670 The Score, Chicago's number one all-sports radio station. You know, guys, a few of you are texting me, and I understand we may be having some minor technical difficulties. Brandon Fryer is working overtime to give you the best quality sound that he absolutely can. Uh, we're working on it in the studio. It's frustrating because it's not on our end. It, it all sounds clear here, but we understand it may not be getting to you perfectly, so hopefully it sounds good right now. We're going to continue working on it and make sure that we have it straight. To all of my callers, appreciate it. Would love it if you'd hold on a little bit. We've got a guest coming in now. We're going to be taking calls all night long. If you'd rather not stay on hold for about 10, 15 minutes, feel free to hang up and give me a call back in about 20 minutes or so. But right now, I want to go to our guest hotline. It is a Circa Resort Casino hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And on the guest hotline is Kevin Fishbane of The Athletic, formerly of Pro Football Weekly, one of the guys that I uh, grew up in the business with. And Kevin, it is always great to get to visit with you on the air. I hope your evening is going well so far. Yeah, Hub, thanks so much for having me. Well, I, you know, a little bit of news breaking out there today, and uh, I know everybody has their own thoughts and opinion. I don't think anybody is surprised that Justin Fields is the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. We knew Fields was going to get the job. The question was always when, and I think the shock factor comes from we sat there Monday morning with Matt at 10 o'clock, and he was asked who it would be. He said Andy Dalton. We double-checked, and he gave a one-word correct. It's Andy Dalton. Nothing that I'm aware of could have changed between now and 10 o'clock Monday morning. And he came in today and said that, nope, it's going to be Justin Fields from here going forward. Uh, your your initial reaction is to, to, as to what's happened here. Yeah, well, Hub, you know, I feel like sometimes Matt Nagy has run into 
problem. He, you know, sometimes he just says stuff. <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't have a more nuanced way to say it. Like he just this whole quarterback conundrum and, and the play calling and, and all the heat he's been under really for three years now. Um, so if you go all back to the playoff game of 2018, um, you know, I think some of this stuff is challenging. And, and if I like my theory on Monday was I it was clear that he wanted to name a starter by Wednesday this week. Um, you know, he kept talking about the next 24, 48 hours are going to be crucial for Andy Dalton's health. So I decided my theory on that was I didn't expect Andy Dalton to be fully healthy. I figured Fields was going to start. If he played well against the Raiders, then then Matt Nagy could say, all right, he's our guy. And if he didn't, he had an out to go back to Andy Dalton. Um, that was my theory on Monday. And then today, kind of recalibrating that, you know, my, my best guess is that maybe Matt Nagy just didn't. You know, on Monday, he kind of already knew, but he wanted to actually have the conversation with Andy Dalton, have the conversation with his coaching staff on Tuesday. And again, sometimes he just says stuff. And that was just his go-to line for the past three weeks. And he figured it was easier to go say that. Um, and, and then he could kind of have that conversation uh, on Tuesday with Dalton before you know making it official and announce it today. You know, he, he certainly has a way of keeping us all guessing. I will give Matt that, and, and, he, and he's done it again here. Um, you know, one of the things that, that perplexes me about it, though, is is why. You know, what what changed? What, what caused him to make the decision? I, I've been over that tape of Sunday uh, half a dozen times now, uh, and, and Justin Fields made five plays in that game that were absolutely special, four passes and one run, uh, plays that, that not a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL make on a regular basis. The problem is that we don't know that he's going to make them on a regular basis because, and, and, you know, you try and have these conversations, people are going to parse what you say and try and spin it into something else. The other 52 plays in the game, it's not that he wasn't good on the other 52 plays, but the other 52 plays, the offense didn't work. It, it yielded little or nothing um, uh, other than the running game, you know, in the passing game, in the quarterback play. So, so what is it? That, that had them feeling, no, he shouldn't be the starter last week, but, but they feel he should be the starter this week. I know you don't know the answer, but I'm curious for your, your, your best guesses because I keep looking for mine and I'm not sure what they are. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting hub because, you know, what they saw from him against Detroit, it's not like they didn't know he could do that. You know, that's the reason they traded up for him. They knew this guy was capable of making those special throws, as you said. And, and, and you know, the deep ball accuracy was such a thing that, you know, Matt Nagy talked about. You mentioned that pro day that he was out there and he's standing behind Fields with Brian Day and Kyle Shanahan. And Ryan Day said to him, he goes, watch this. And, and Fields, you know, unloaded a, a beautiful throw. So, you know, it's not like that they necessarily should have been surprised by his capability. But, you know, it's certainly, you know, Matt Nagy kept referring to, you know, Fields bouncing back from Cleveland and the way he practiced and the way he handled it. Maybe there was a lot of things behind the scenes that they really saw um, the maturation. He kept talking about the growth, you know, because we all know that Justin Fields physically is ready to be an NFL starting quarterback. I think the question obviously is, you know, is he going to be able to handle what's thrown at him? Is he going to be handle the defenses? Is he going to be able to handle, you know, all the checks at the line, all the things he needs to do, things that Andy Dalton, it's not really a problem for him because he's been doing this for a long time. So, you know, maybe what they saw, um, during the week of practice and in the game, some of those little things that, that we don't know about, maybe those were some of the things that they felt really good. Okay, now we're comfortable 
having him start because he showed that he can do some of those things in addition to making some of the throws that, frankly, Andy Dalton, that's just not part of his repertoire. Like, he's just not going to make some of those plays um, for you. And, and look, there are certain plays that Dalton can make from just knowing the defense and making anticipatory read that Justin Fields is not going to be able to do on a regular basis, certainly. I mean, you, you saw that first drive in Cincinnati, I and mean, you don't look pretty good. So I, 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 that, that's my best guess, is that they're, they're starting to, they were seeing those things that just put them put them into a comfort level. Uh, and also, Hub, if, if we're going to, if so much of this season is about the development of Justin Fields, uh, you know, I wonder too if there's a sentiment of okay, he played well against Detroit. What will it do is to his development if he goes back to being a backup, especially when eventually he would return to being a starter? Because I did Andy Dalton, if he took back the job this week, was not going to start the rest of the season. So I don't know if that played a role either in their decision making if they're thinking about what's best for his development. Uh, but they certainly felt good about the way things went with the Justin Fields Bill Lazor pairing, and they obviously want to continue to build off it. Here's another thing that puzzles me about it, and you tell me if I'm overreacting, but but um, basically the Bears' offense, when it's been successful this year, again, other than those five plays Sunday, has been David Montgomery uh, and the running game. Uh, you know, even Damian Williams, uh, five, what, uh, uh, eight for 55 and a touchdown on Sunday. He is going to definitely be without Montgomery Sunday. There's a chance he's going to be without Williams, too. Is this the game where you want to put that extra pressure on him and say, well, now you're the starter, but we're taking away your running game? Uh, you know, I, they could have very easily have, have manipulated a situation where they went one more week with him playing without making him the long-range starter, saying Andy's close, but we don't want him out there if he's not 100%. It wouldn't have been any more painful or, or you know, misleading or dishonest to, to, to give Dalton the news next week. Why this week when, when there's a real chance that, that, that he's going to lose his greatest resource? Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a good point. And I think the problem that they're going to have is they've reached a point now where there is no good time to put fields in. You know, if, if Montgomery's going to miss four to five weeks, as the reports indicated, uh, you know, he's not going to have who, you know, I, I, I said this last week, you know, or after the game, that offense is at its best when it's run through David Montgomery. We saw it last year during the win streak. We saw it on Sunday. And you lose that. that that's, that's brutal. And Damian Williams can do a lot of things. I think a lot of teams would love to have Damian Williams as their number two back. He cannot do what David Montgomery does. That's going to be a challenge for the Bears. But Montgomery's not going to be back against the Packers. He's not going to be back against Tampa Bay. So then you look ahead to the next week. Well, do you really want him going up against Aaron Rodgers where he's got to go shot for shot you know, with a guy who you know is going to come into Soldier Field thinking he's going to go going to put up 30, 40 points. Now the next week it's Brady and the Tampa Bay defense, you know, and, and you keep going and, and you wonder if there's an, you know, the 49ers and that defense is coming into Soldier Field. Uh, Pittsburgh on the road on Monday night, there just wasn't going to be that, you know, opening. Um, and actually with the Raiders, you know, obviously it's going to be, you know, tough sledding for the first game without David Montgomery, but at least this is a Raiders defense that, you know, had its struggles against the Chargers. And I'm what I really want to see progress-wise and growth-wise from Justin Fields this week is getting those tight ends and running backs involved and, and trusting his checkdowns to the to Damian Williams out in the flat, uh, trusting Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham. You know, the Raiders gave up a bunch of yards to running backs and tight ends. Excuse me, the Raiders did to the Chargers tight ends and running backs. I think that's going to be a really important thing uh, and part of Justin Fields' development is be able to kind of incorporate those guys uh, in the offense. 
Well, and Kevin, you heard me trying to ask Matt the questions Monday and get some clarity on that. Um, you know, the tight ends, <laughs> uh, they've had 15 of the 100 targets so far this year. Um, and, and, and by the way, you know, Ryan Field, uh, Ryan, Justin Fields has been the starting quarterback the last two and a half games, basically. So he is the one who is, for whatever reason, not targeting them with passes for the most part. Is that is that a flaw in the offense, in the play calling? Is that because the young quarterback is not seeing them? Um, you know, Matt said, no, 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 it's not on Justin. But he also didn't really have an answer other than that there's not enough footballs to go around, uh, which there isn't, you know, when you've got eight to ten receivers. But nonetheless, the ratios are so far off that it, it's really puzzling as to why these guys aren't part of the offense right now. Yeah, it's been our annual Monday, or excuse me, not annual, it's been our weekly Monday question for Matt. You know, every, every Monday we've had to ask him about this because, you know, we spent all summer talking about Cole Komet and hearing them t- hearing them talk about Cole Komet and seeing what Cole Komet was doing at training camp and doing at practice. You know, we know how much they're paying Jimmy Graham and, and, and here's somebody who can still, at this age, be a weapon for you in the red zone or, or third down situations. Um, you know, I, I, I guess to Matt's defense... They had 17 pass attempts, and if you go back, and, and obviously you, you saw this hub, the tight ends were, were chipping a lot um, mm-hmm. and really helping in pass pro. So maybe they weren't as readily available as you know we think they probably should have been. You know, he did have those. There were those two passes to Komet where if Komet doesn't lose his footing, you know, we, we might be having a different conversation. But I, I still think it's an issue. I still think that these guys. You know, after Robinson and Mooney, the next guy in terms of targets should be Cole Komet, um, especially when we've heard for years about the importance of that tight end position in this offense. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's why I said I, I think I, I would hope that the Bears saw what Jared Cook did last you know, on Monday night against the Raiders and maybe, you know, take a page from that playbook and try to get these guys more involved. The one thing that could be on fields, you know, could be just, potentially a reticence to check down, you know, you know, to go through the progressions, whatever it takes to get to a running back or to get to a tight end. Uh, here's somebody who, you know, he wants the big play and that's okay. Uh, and he trusts himself and he's obviously c- capable of making those big plays. Well, you know, certainly sometimes he's not going to be able to want to take those shots. He's got to trust going to the six foot six, 260 pound guy who's got a linebacker on him over the middle. So that's going to be definitely, is it? I hope it's not a weekly thing on Monday. You hope that they start to figure it out and find a better way between Bill Lazor, Matt Nagy, and Justin Fields himself to get these guys more involved in the passing game. I know I got to let you go, Kev, but, but one more thing on this topic because it, it kind of has been driving me crazy. Um, Jimmy Graham has been targeted three times in four games, once in the red zone. He did, by the way, have a hell of a block on the Damian Williams touchdown run. If you go back, not you, but if people want to go back and take a look at it. But that's not why Jimmy Graham is getting seven million bucks this year. And and I had no problem with them keeping him and taking that cap hit because of all the things that he brings in his veteran leadership and his mentorship of, of, of Komet and all that, but mainly because of the factor he could be in the red zone. And, and, and if it's if it's Justin Fields not checking down, my response to Matt would be, why isn't Jimmy Graham the primary target? Because you're having trouble in the red zone. So th- these are the conversations that we have with this coaching staff that, that, that make it difficult sometimes uh, to, to provide you know, our audiences the answers that they want. 
Yeah, you know, when we talked to Clancy Barone last week, the tight ends coach, and he was asked, you know, Jimmy Graham's out there for like five snaps, zero targets, you know, what's going on there? And he said to us, he goes, I don't know. It's a good question, uh, you know, which is nice to get that kind of honesty. Um, so it's it's something that they've got to figure out because you're right. You, you just you can't sit there and defend your decision to keep Jimmy Graham for him to be blocking here and there. And you look, as you said, he did a nice job blocking. He did a nice job of pass protection. Uh, but but he should be somebody that, you know, I, I understand there was a lot of consternation from fans about keeping Jimmy Graham. The guy did lead the team in touchdown catches last season. That wasn't an accident. Like, he, you know, he proved that in those red zone situations, he can still be a weapon at this point in his career. Now, the Bears obviously haven't had a whole lot of red zone trips yet this year, so maybe that's part of the problem. But for a team that has struggled to find the end zone, you would think that, that he's got to be a bigger part of this. And he and, and talk about a rookie quarterback. What would, What is a rookie quarterback's best friend? How about a guy like Jimmy Graham, right, mm-hmm. who's got his size, his, you know, savvy to get open, and somebody that you can throw it if he doesn't look open, you just kind of put the ball up and he's going to go get it. Same thing with Cole Komet. So, again, it just makes sense. Yeah, I know conventional wisdom hub isn't the best thing to try to use when you're talking about the Chicago Bears, but conventional wisdom would tell you that those two guys should be very friendly targets for a rookie quarterback like Justin Fields. I, I thought they'd be a security blanket, to be honest with you. I thought they'd be getting the majority of the targets, not none. You know, And so it, it, it really is a puzzle. Kevin, I appreciate you taking time out for us tonight. Uh, I will see you in the media room tomorrow morning. Can't wait to hear what tomorrow's surprise is. It won't come from Matt. Maybe we'll get it from one of the coordinators. We don't talk to Matt again until Friday. Uh, you know, the one thing that I missed in all this, uh, he did spell out, obviously, they're hoping for better news than we've heard uh, on David Montgomery, at least not sending him to IR yet. That's only a three-week commitment. We had heard four or five weeks. But did, did they get any more clarity on Damian Williams? Because honestly, I didn't really notice that he was injured. He had had a good game. I knew that Montgomery was out, but Herbert came in. I thought he was just spell, spelling Williams. I didn't realize he had the quad until after the game. Do we have any more clarity on, on what his status might be? Yeah, that was kind of a weird injury though. when Matt mentioned it after the game. he uh, I'm looking right now. It looks like Damian Williams did practice in full today. So that would be good news uh, for his availability for Sunday. So I would imagine he'll be he'll be good to go. But, you know, again, Hub, you know Damian Williams is not going to carry the ball 20 to 25 times like Dave Montgomery could. So it's going to be interesting how they how do they use that backfield with Williams and Khalil Herbert. No, but but I am a lot more comfortable with Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert sharing 2022 carries than I am for Khalil Herbert to get 18 carries and then wondering if I'm going to Artavis Pierce or Ryan Nall. So, uh, you know, it, it certainly uh, is better insurance, if nothing else, not insurance, but better assets and maybe insurance for Justin Fields. Kevin, thanks much, man. I'll see you in the morning. Uh, Kevin Fishbane of The Athletic, good enough to join us for a few minutes here. We're going to take a very quick commercial break. And on the other side, more from the Bears media room, more from the Bears beat. Patrick Finley is the senior Bears beat reporter at the Sun-Times. He will join us in just a moment right here at 670 The Score.